what is happening? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I have no idea what's happening. It's kind of taken me a little bit here to get the timelines and everything put together. But wow, what what an incredible May! I was not expecting any of this. I thought we we're gonna maybe talk to NBA Combine and maybe some NIL Rising Spear stuff and some TV broadcasts uh, and game times announced. That was gonna be it, but. Thank you, Nick Saban. Now the really fun part begins. I want to go through a little bit here of where Nick Saban decides to take a shot at one of his young guys that were under his helm, Jimbo Fisher. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. P-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here's the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here on a wonderful and beautiful drama-filled Thursday evening this has been a fun last 36 hours if anybody likes college football drama this is the place to be definitely if you have a twitter account what an incredible last uh two days starting off last night with nick saban's comments we're going to dive all the way through it because some of this can really poke a poke some stuff into some fsu fans too we got some Deion sanders we got travis hunter in here a lot of things. We've got even Miami stuff going on, slander. Uh, Nick Saban really uh, set it off for everyone. So at least we now, it was really, really boring, but now it makes us have to have to do a podcast on May 19th. So we are here with me this evening, Austin Beasy, lead basketball writer up at the top for Sports, Illust- Sports Illustrated.com's No Game Day. And then we got Dustin Lewis, lead writer and editor down below. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good evening. This has been a fun Last couple of days. Doing great, recovering from some sunburn. Logan, I guess my question would be, you just said uh, this This gave us the content to do a podcast. Weren't we going to do a podcast today anyway? We were going to do one either way, absolutely. We won't forget that you were up there at the Elite 11 covering Florida State's 2023 blue chip quarterback commit, Chris Parsons. My, for, so. my forehead won't forget either. Yeah, no, it definitely won't. But we are most certainly going to do one either way. There's a lot to catch up on now. Last week, not a lot going on. Um, and we also had uh, the NFL schedule dropping out. So uh, I think everybody's eyes, at least that night, we're going to be going towards that anyways. So we're back. And, you know, we got to thank Nick Saban for really making this now a pretty fun off season to look ahead at the 2022 season because, damn, what what a – those are like one of those nights on Twitter where you just won't forget type of things. And that's exactly what Saban did before we get started. Everybody hit the like button. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, feel free to share in all of your FSU groups. If you're in any of those uh, subscribe, if you're on YouTube, if you're listening to us audio version, we definitely appreciate it. If you subscribe there, leave a rating if you want to 
Um, we won't force you to do anything, but appreciate everybody hanging out with us here this evening. Gentlemen, let's get started. I feel like this is going to be like an entertainment tonight type of episode because this is just drama, drama, drama. Where do where, where should we begin? And then we've got to start with Nick Saban last night as one of his uh, – he was doing a, he was doing kind of like a roundtable type of thing um, at an event – and for some reason, you know, Saban kind of does this a little bit where out of nowhere, he'll even go to friggin' I won't even say some of the events, but some of the events where he'll just kind of go off and just feel like going off type of thing. And, you know, with his pedigree and his uh, history, he, he decided to go and hit a pretty interesting spot on a few schools, including um, Miami, which was maybe the lowest blow. Didn't go really too deep on them as much as maybe Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher. And even Deion Sanders got some slander in there. Saban was kind of going for everybody here. We'll go ahead and pull up the clip for you guys so you guys can listen and get your take, and we can start discussing what in the world is going on with college football this week. I love it. We need content. Uh, the, the site is kicking. I'll go ahead and tell you that. So more of this, please, Saban. Uh, we would definitely appreciate it. So let's go and see what Saban had to say last night. There are rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division One player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. There are rules, just like Nate said. So we have a rule right now that says Saban specifically not going to say he's not going to say any names here, but Saban is specifically talking about most likely Travis Hunter, for, former Florida State commit there, number one player in the country, going over and flipping at the last minute, literally the last minute to go to Jackson State and join Deion Sanders, former FSU legend, defensive back. How was Twitter last night for you guys? Because this was awesome. We weren't expecting any of this last night and um it just put shockwaves across the college football and we'll stay kind of maybe strictly towards this one point here that Saban decided to go with towards Travis Hunter and NIL a lot of money going to grab him potentially or that's the uh, that's kind of like what Saban is trying to go with here and a little bit of an accusation towards Sanders yeah it's been a crazy 24 hours you know obviously nil has been a topic that's just continuing to get more and more discussion um with the allegations we've seen recently you know mike norvell mentioned tampering you had boston college one of their receivers said he received six-figure offers and now you've got the pittsburgh wide receiver jordan addison heading to usc and you know rumors said that was enticed by an nl nil offer so we'll we'll see what comes out of that but this is just normally coaches aren't so public with these comments, with directly calling people out, it's it's a lot of, you know, under the table, unnamed source type of stuff when it comes to that. So to to hear Nick Saban just come out and directly mention Texas A and M, Jackson Jackson State, and Miami, that's not something you get. You know, it's a little eye popping, and he, now he's receiving some backlash for those comments. He's apologized. He had a public reprimand, reprimand from the SEC along with Fisher. So it's a uh, been a wild scenario here and who knows if it's over because Deion Sanders said he was going to comment on it and he hasn't done that yet. It's definitely been interesting. Um, you can also look at the point where, I mean, this is the first 
This is only one of two years in the last, what, 12 that Alabama hasn't had the top recruiting class. So you can kind of see it as maybe Saban's feeling a little bit threatened. I doubt it, but, you know, you can look at it from that angle where Texas A&M's hot on the block. The last team that did it was Georgia in 2018. Since then, it hadn't been since, what, 2010 that Alabama wasn't number one. So, you know, we, we've kind of talked about this ever since then. I was first put in that there's a lot of lawlessness. There's no regulations. No one's doing anything about it. And now you're seeing coaches get kind of kind of testy about it. Yeah, I think definitely Saban's a little maybe maybe a little salty. Not a big fan of Texas A and M taking that spot overall, um, in the recruiting class. And it's kind of how Saban's always been. If you just go back to a few things where he he'll he'll have some chatter about things and kind of go back and apologize. But this time, you know, he was making it heard from. Usually, you know, it's on one subject that he's after or target, but he kind of went spread eagle here and went after everybody and. You know, I mean, it creates, like I said, it creates great discussion. Um, it's discussion that the NCA we think is having inside house, but probably is just looking at this and just saying, well, oh, well, you know, this was just how it's going to have to be for right now. We know how the NCA is, but, you know, for Saban to go, you know, after Dion, that kind of, I was not really expecting that. I mean, was, was Dion trying to also flip? Travis Hunter last minute there to where he had to throw some shots at at um, Deion Sanders. Are we Saban? Are we yeah, connected yeah, some was. dots here. <laughs> was Saban a little salty that he wasn't able to get Travis Hunter too? Um, but yeah, that that was uh, definitely a decent shot there. And so Deion Sanders at twelve oh eight. Someone I think his son woke him up at midnight because this was a rather late kind of. Um, talking session that Saban was doing prime responds at 1208 in the morning. You best believe I will address that lie coach Saban told tomorrow. I was and awakened by my son that sent me the article stating that we paid Travis Hunter a million to play at Jackson state. We as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. What is y'all's first take from, uh, what was y'all's first take from that right there? Because obviously Florida State fans are just rolling their eyes and not believing anything whatsoever from what Sanders is saying. This is where I wish we had Nate right now because I know he'd have something <laughs> something ready to go. I don't think any of us are surprised. Of course, Dan's going to say something. I'm surprised he hasn't said something more outlandish yet. You know, it's been 18 hours, give or take, and he hasn't really said anything of consequence. Kind of surprised by that. Yeah, and, and I mean, really, it's been the same message from Dion since Travis Hunter made that, you know, iconic flip to uh, Jackson State. Because shortly after he did sign the letter of intent, stuff came out that he had signed that deal with Penn Gaming, who is affiliated with Barstool or whatever. And Dion the next day went on ESPN and shot that down. So he stayed consistent with his message that they haven't paid Travis Hunter. But, you know, there there are some definite reports that, suggest otherwise doesn't make too much of sense and you know maybe out of that last little late visit when was that last little late visit that travis hunter had to jackson state doesn't that was late november yeah and i have a really strong feeling that was maybe the first time they might have talked over the phone yada 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 i know that dion has claimed that florida state 
has asked Dion multiple times to help out with recruiting. I think he has a few times, but I don't think these two have really met in person until that happened whenever Travis Hunter visited Jackson State, which we didn't really think much of it then. Maybe going to see, you know, just having the chance to go be with a former, one of the greatest defensive backs that have ever lived, go there and, and check out the program and be there for him, maybe get some advice from him before he heads to Florida State. But timeline doesn't really make sense to where maybe money or NIL opportunities aren't on the table, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, we, we've we talked about this situation so many times. I don't want to keep blowing it up, but who, know, who knows what happened there? Obviously, Deion Sanders was someone that Travis Hunter idolized growing up, and he said as much in interviews, and they had spoken – um, while Travis wasn't committed at Florida State. Now, we thought those were more of motivational uh, motivational talks of an FSU legend, you know, trying to inspire someone that was going to try and follow in his footsteps. And it, it went a un, un different way, to say the least. It's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a tiny bit. Just, I, just, maybe just I, lo- I love how as soon as we all think we're finally done with the Travis Hunter talk for a little while, he was right back up, oh. right in our faces. It's the off season. I mean, well, Florida State fans were already kind of riled up, riled up a little bit. This gives them a little bit of distraction not to be depressed about recruiting right now. So that maybe that's a good thing for the FSC fan base. This will last only probably into the weekend, and then this will simmer down until actually the SEC has a meeting with, I believe, coaches and Destin in two weeks, which will obviously be a big time hit for the media people because you'll see Saban Kiffin and of course Jimbo Fisher in attendance there I love how Kirby Smart's just kind of sitting back you know nothing said just kind of chilling with all the bags that he's his, his got. time's coming <laughs> <laughs> give it another day he'll be in this conversation it will come eventually but uh let's move on so Deion Sanders right now we're still waiting on like a true he, you know he said last night that he has a big response he put out a GIF or GIF, whatever you want to call it, saying that he has a big response to Nick Saban's uh, comments that happened last night. So we are still awaiting if uh, Coach Prime is going to make a response. So I wouldn't be shocked. You know, maybe he doesn't, but I would not be shocked if, you know, this is a well put out video that they're planning to do because that is Dion. Yeah, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if he, maybe he stays quiet on the subject, especially – after seeing the reprimand that Saban and Fisher got. So what has Dion? Ever well, what is the reprimand really going to do though? I mean, uh, nothing, but <laughs> it's just like, a, Hey, please don't do that. The, egg on the situation. I mean, this is Dion. Maybe, though. Maybe this is Dion. Like, this when is has Dion, Dion ever been quiet? He's always been the one to make a <laughs> show right. of it, to, to put on maybe the, put on right. the flare. Something he's will. Not, he's not going to go quietly. Something will happen. <laughs> he's had a few mentions and some tweets today, but nothing substantial yet. He tweeted at the Miami billionaire. Yeah, I saw that, which just what is happening? I don't, I don't, I have no idea what's happening. It's kind of taken me a little bit here to get the timelines and everything put together, but wow. What, what an incredible may. I was not expecting any of this. I thought we're going to maybe talk to NBA combine and maybe some NIL rising spear stuff and some TV broadcasts uh, and game times announced that was going to be it, but. Thank you, Nick Saban. Now the really fun part begins. I want to go through a little bit here of where Nick Saban decides to take a shot 
at one of his young guys that were under his helm, Jimbo Fisher. Nick Saban decides to take a shot here saying, I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. You read about it, you know who they are. We were second in the recruiting last year. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. We didn't buy one player, I, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. It's tough. This, so this a straight funny. shot. This, this is only funny because, you know, the Dodge Challenger joke started with Alabama and Nick Saban. Like, this is Absolutely. where it originated from. Now it's coming right back around. You know, he's accusing of a team like pot, meat, kettle. What are we doing here? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a little ironic. Obviously, there have been a lot of rumors about Alabama over the last decade. There have been some rumors about Texas A&M this past cycle paying upwards of, of 30 something million to land that recruiting class, whether that's exactly true or not, who, who knows? Um, it was a little funnier later on in his comments, Nick Saban mentioned that I think only 15 or 25 Alabama players have NIL deals that have generated a total of $3 million. And there were reports last summer that Bryce young was getting NL, NIL offers of around 1 million. So it's just it's really tough to believe there's money it's open it's on the table but it's not exactly open and and on the table there there's a lot that the NCAA needs to fix up here and who knows exactly how they're going to be able to do that with the laws that are in place in different states and just different situations but and things like that so it's a it's a scenario it hasn't even been a year since NIL was introduced in college football and it, it's already creating so much controversy. And it's one of those scenarios where you don't want to take money away from the players, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like there's gotta be some kind of regulating to where these, these schools just aren't blatantly cheating. Mm -hmm. you know, there's gotta be some kind of middle ground. I don't know where it is. You know, I, it's going to be fascinating to hear the ideas for it. Um, I mean, because if, if Jordan Addison can get $3 million for a season, all credit to him. Go get your bag. It's wild. Oh, it, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot of, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks, and we've talked about it a ton about the whole NIL and what they're going to have to do with this. And it's just like, now, can we go back to where guys were just maybe getting paid behind closed doors? Can we do that? <laughs> can we go? That seems like a whole lot easier now than, you know, we're going to see Saban and Jimbo, all these big dogs, now go ahead and go against each other off the field and talk about who's got the more money, who can offer the most, better collective, yada, yada, yada. You know, this is where it kind of starts becoming political, which I, I don't ever – you don't ever really want to see. You know, I think some people might step away from the NFL in some regards to go to college football just because of how maybe more raw and, I don't know, straightforward the, the football – operations are but now with a lot of money involved agents you've got collectives you've got you know agencies it, it's just it, it's tough i mean you're seeing now you know pittsburgh's top wide receiver going over to usc um and i don't think that really was i you know we didn't get the the full reasoning on it you know written out there and you know it's in his notes but 
you know, that was, that's a damn good wide receiver coach over there. And that's an uprising school. That's an uprising. They got a good coach there too overall, but you know, reportedly, you know, this isn't confirmed or anything, but upwards of 3 million plus 3.5 to go join uh, Lincoln Riley at USC and leave Pittsburgh just like that. You know, that, that's where it kind of starts getting interesting to where you're almost hybriding an NFL and college football together. It's going to, if you, if you, it goes on this trend, it's quick, it's crazy how quickly this is happening, but two to three years, it's just going to be like an NB, it's going to be like a mini NFL um, league. And I, I just don't know how much longer that can last, though. It's not just college football, it's college basketball, too. I mean, there's, there's all the rumors of what Julian Phillips got to go to Tennessee. I mean, it's, it's not just college football, but college basketball is in that direction, too, where, you know, coaches are calling these transfers and these recruits and, you know, they're being redirected to an agent before they even talk to the player. It's it's getting crazy quick. Yeah, and it, it's happening not just in football and in, in every single sport. I mean, we're seeing college basketball players get massive amounts of money um, down to just, I mean, other sports outside of the ones that you would expect people to be getting compensated for. And, you know, the purpose for NIL when it was instituted was for players to, or for schools to be able to compensate the current players at their programs. And now with the lack of, of rules in place, you're seeing it extend to schools now using that NIL to recruit players who aren't even in the transfer portal. They're enrolled at other schools and, and happy there. But of course, if you throw a nice little enticing offer at them that the school they're at can't match, some guys, they can't turn down that money with uh, where their situation is in life. So, you know, it's just the system's being abused. Um, there's no really clear fix in sight. It's just something that college football is going to have to deal with right now. And we'll see what happens in the future. You know, there's there's no really exact way to to tie this all down. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you think is like the three? Because I know, Dustin, you talk to more recruits, but, you know, all of us on here can probably give our top three of maybe what entices uh, a recruit to come to a program back in the day, you know, when's when's on the field or on the court, you know, probably and then your top three, um, their, your coaching staff um, facilities. Yeah, yeah. Facilities, maybe playing time. But now I feel like NIL is NIL or, you know, whatever you if you want to just say it's NIL, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. NIL. That's now I feel like in the top three starting off no matter what. Right now, it feels that way. Yeah, I mean, it's different. It's different for every single person. But with the way NIL is becoming so popular, that's certainly an area that you can't lack in if you want to be elite in in college football right now. And I don't you know, that's that's obvious. So and for to say they're making the progress to get there with Rising Spear and everything, but they're definitely behind some of the the national powers. And that's just to be expected with where the booster base is and the funding in the program after COVID and everything. So they're doing what they can. And it's just important to keep getting people behind rising spear and other ways to support the athletes in the NIL spaces. But yeah, as for recruiting, I mean, really it just comes down to players want to go somewhere where they're going to win and they want to go somewhere where they're going to make some money off NIL. I'll run this Jimbo clip real quick, and then I have another question for you guys. But let's listen to what Jimbo had to say in a pretty 
big time epic type of Jimbo Fisher rant. Make sure to put it at like half speed so we can understand him. <laughs> half speed. <laughs> well, he was kind of tripping over his word. He, he was feisty. I don't know if y'all saw at the end of the clip here, at least the beginning. He was about to get up and leave, but he was kind of getting heated there for a second. Let's listen to Jimbo. He's really quiet. He's a quiet guy, and he? he's a quiet. quiet as I had like a great is. transition, and I was like, "Wait, I got to get the video up." <laughs> Here we go. Coach, uh, like to respond to some comments made last night in Alabama? Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, seventeen-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And if they broke state laws, they're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous, but when when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families in Texas A&M because we do things right. He was ready for that. He comes in going, yes, I would like to talk about Alabama. Like that wasn't the whole purpose of the press conference. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> Logan's trying to say stuff, but he's muted. What else is new? Damn it. I was going to say, this is the perfect, this is, should have been the thumbnail all along for the article we put out earlier today. But yeah, no, this is, uh, this is the Jimbo that I think a lot of Florida State fans were used seeing, but this was a little bit more of, he was trying to be tedious with his words, but I do believe in a part of this was he trying interview. To be so part of this press conference, he kind of had some some threats in here. I think close to saying that someone should have gone up yeah. on the stage and slapped Nick Saban. And the go go in and dig into his past. Like, Called him a narcissist. He 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 came with the came with the strap. He wasn't afraid. No, <laughs> no, he did not. No. Damn. Yeah, no, Jimbo. Definitely not happy from what Nick Saban said uh, earlier uh, earlier today. And, and, and from Jimbo's point of view, I mean, like, he used to work for Saban. Like, he's like, this is a guy that I probably consider my mentor, guy that got me into this business, and now being thrown under the bus by him. Probably and I don't know, I don't know if that had the comparison to Bobby Bowden, but like you were saying, Austin, he mentioned – he, he worked under some people where he learned how to do things the right way, and he worked under some people where he learned what not to do. And he mentioned Bobby Bowden as being someone that he had a positive learning experience under. I don't remember the exact quote, Logan, but it's one of those in there. Yeah, so I got it. Clearly, he's referring to Nick Saban as the guy who taught him some things not to do, and, and they worked together at LSU for a while. And he, he ended it off by saying Saban tried to call him and he didn't pick up and just said, we're, we're done. I don't want to be associated with that guy. Yep. He said, in quote, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things. You coach with other people, hinting at Nick Saban, and learn how to not do things. 
There is a reason I don't go back and work with him. I don't want to be associated with him. <laughs> uh, he also was talking about, um, you know, Texas A&M and, you know, the usual, you know, this is an organization that doesn't make mistakes, cheats, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, he, he already talked about Saban here, but he just says it's despicable when a reputable head coach can come out and say this when he doesn't get his way, when things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow that to happen. Um, he said, I don't cheat. I don't lie. I learned that as a kid. If he did, the old man slapped the side of my head. Maybe someone should have slapped him. <laughs> and like I said, these guys will be meeting each other in two weeks. In two weeks in Destin. That's not too far the, away. Can I get a credential to that? I don't know about the don't lie part. I think some Christmas trees would like to have an argument with Mr. Fisher. <laughs> uh, all, all I know is that game. What, what day is that game? October 8th, I think, is when that game between Texas and, Texas and, and Bama happens. October that sounds, 8th, yep. That sounds and right. it will be, gonna be, it will a, be in uh, Alabama. It's going to be a uh, primetime 8 o'clock game on ABC. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a very, very no matter, yeah, no game matter, to go to. <laughs> yeah. No matter if both teams could barely win a game this upcoming season, they will have that on primetime. No matter if that's 3.30, ABC, they're going to have that primetime for us. Uh, since then, uh, Saban, I went on a Sirius XM show. Uh, just a couple of hours ago and nothing too significant here. Just apologize a little bit from a few of the things that he said. He said that he also tried contacting Jimbo, which Jimbo said this morning that he ignored multiple calls. This is like, this is like, oh, like definitely like a breakup when it starts because he said, yes, Saban's been calling me, but I haven't been answering. We're done. <laughs> we're done i thought that was hilarious i smiled and chuckled because i think sometimes we've all been through that where you know we're done it's over it's a wrap the the post-game handshake october 8th is going to be so overanalyzed well they're if even they can, even shake hands that's what i'm saying if they even shake hands, jimbo said they're done they're done it's over i mean but if about can shake sprayer's hand well those have We'll see. You know, this is this is younger drama. This well, maybe not young, young drama. Saban's kind of <laughs> Saban's kind of up there now, but you know, this is just guys with a lot of power, money behind them, a lot of boosters, yada yada, backing them up. It's like kind of like two armies going at each other. It's like a Cersei in Game of Thrones, um, going against everybody else. So Nick Saban is the Cersei, and I think maybe. Jimbo's trying to be nah, he can't be Jon Snow. Jon Snow's too. Everybody loves Jon Snow, so we got to find a different character. Someone in the comments give us another character. Cersei, uh, that, that'll be Nick Saban, but we got to find one for Jimbo. Why do we have to compare it to a terrible TV show? Excuse me, take that off of off of one season. Well, that the ending was the problem. The ending was the problem. Well, then they ruined the show. No, I don't take away saying that was a terrible show just because of the ending. I don't believe in that, but someone will. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Then it do doesn't stop from there. You know, we, we get to hear from the former Florida State uh, commit Travis Hunter. Uh, he put into a tweet earlier uh, today talking about uh, Saban's 
comments and, and, and practically going, you know, him going after his coach there in Jackson State. Uh, Which, real quick, it is interesting that Travis Hunter decided to speak up when Nick Saban didn't mention anyone by name. Same as Deion Sanders last night responding in his tweet saying Nick Saban's comments that we paid at Travis Hunter $1 million. So for Saban not to mention a name and then Jackson State know who he's talking about. Everyone know who he's talking about. It's a little interesting. I mean, it's a little interesting. I'm just saying. He's been there since he committed. I'm not saying he's wrong. But, I mean, everyone knows who he's talking about. They're tipping the hand a little bit too much, you know? Uh, Travis Hunter said, I got a mill, question mark, laughing face emoji. But my mom still stay in a three-bedroom house with five kids, laughing emoji. So, Travis Hunter, no mill, he's saying. Break he didn't get a millie. No, no millie. Emoji analysis. We, we, need, we need the NBA em- emoji analysis people from, from the DeAndre Jordan days. If you know, you know. Because mm-hmm. that, was, that was the time. What we need is some tax statements. There you go. Good luck with that. That's actually what we do need is some damn tax statements. <laughs> Dustin, can you get on that? I'll I'll try. Turbo <laughs> you know tax took away the free version, so I, it messed me up for like two months. I can yeah. barely do my own taxes. No. And then real quick to comment on uh a couple former Knowles got into this one too, got involved a little bit, commenting on all the drama. Antonio Cromarty saying that he got offered 60k from Saban to come take a visit. We're not entirely sure if that was during Saban's tenure at LSU or Alabama, but nonetheless, a 60 K offer from Saban. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely would have had to been LSU, right? It was most likely the LSU. Party, party came in what? 2002. Mm-hmm. It had to be LSU. Yep. It was most likely around that LSU time. And then Travis Johnson also had a few comments to say about some, money offerings and i think there's going to be a lot more you're seeing a lot more other players in the sec even the pac-12 too i think the pac-12 kind of might be chirping a little bit more because it doesn't seem like a lot of money is going their way compared to maybe the sec and the schools there and those recruits and players but um have you seen usc a little bit different now that lincoln riley's there yes absolutely Absolutely, a little bit different. But back in the day, these Pac-12 players right now that are in the league already are kind of opening up and saying, well, I didn't get offered that, or I did not get offered this much, or yada, yada, yada. But um, I think you're going to see a lot more a lot more stories coming out of this. I think there's going to be a little bit more of some openings to some, some cool stories. Carlos was on the show. He never told us he got offered anything. Well... It's smart Publicly. for it's smart for um, players to talk about other schools that offer them money and not the school that they ended up at. <laughs> Maybe, probably so. Uh, all right, so that was practically it there on all the drama. We'll keep an eye out for any more. I'm sure some more will come out of this. We're still waiting. Deion Sanders. We'll see if he says anything. So keep an eye out for that could happen while we're on the show tonight we'll see uh we got some florida state games announced uh some of their prime times ones have been revealed from espn also be broadcast on abc 
first one week one will be Florida State versus LSU in New Orleans. We are looking forward to being there for that and giving you guys some full coverage. That will be kicking off 7.30 primetime ABC ESPN. And then also Florida State versus UF, which is going to be on a Friday night for the first time ever. This will be inside Doak Campbell Stadium, too, which is going to be a really weird feeling. That's also going to be a primetime 7.30 kickoff inside Dogan and in, in Tallahassee. What do you guys feel about that? Not really much of a shocker here, maybe for the FSU versus LSU game, because that is practically the only significant game on the slate of the day uh, on that Sunday. But, you know, once again, Florida State facing Florida on a Friday night, a little, little different. But I will say, and maybe not so many people are thinking about this, but recruiting-wise, this helps a lot for getting some guys in town uh, to these games and you find an advantage there because a lot of recruits definitely in these early, at least for the LSU game in the early window uh, visits and these big games happening, Florida state and LSU will have a nice slate to where, you know, you can get some of those top tier recruits there after a big Saturday that they possibly were at the day before. So that's kind of the way I think about it. And I think the same way too, for FSU versus Florida, those two teams, big time recruiting in the state, you get the, you get a Friday night game. You're you could probably get a lot of talent there to travel up to Tallahassee and be there to attend that, and then they can go travel off to wherever else they want to go on Saturday for the rest of the games on Ravelry Weekend. I I just hope with the Florida game that you know it goes well because uh, as someone that works in retail and is going to be working a fifteen hour Black Friday shift, the last thing I want to do is come home and we're down twenty at halftime. Just to make my day even more miserable. Um. That's that's a, that's the only comment I have. Because I, I think we all expect the LSU game to be a night game. Uh, I, that's not a surprise, but hopefully the Florida game goes well. Yeah, I don't think either either of these are, are really a surprise. And I've seen some people freak out, like, why is Florida State getting primetime games? Well, one of these games is on a Sunday, and the other is on a Friday. So are they going to play Friday at, at 1 o'clock? Probably not. You know, normally when college football teams play on a Friday, it's a night game, just like when Florida State plays Louisville um, in September, that's going to be a night game. It's just it's just how it works. So, you know, it, good for Florida State to get two primetime games, and I expect them to have, you know, at least another one, maybe two or three more, depending on what certain matchups look like uh, throughout the season. It, it will be interesting to see what the crowd looks like for that Florida game, with it being the day after Thanksgiving. It's not like Tallahassee's the most, you know, approved thanksgiving destination you know most sought after so it's gonna be interesting to see how you know the day after it turns out i mean obviously it's a huge rivalry game hopefully florida state's a little bit better this season but you know florida's in the first year of a new coach it's gonna be interesting to see the turnout gotta hope that the students will come back too from going the day before that's gonna be the real thing if, if students are able to make it back and enjoy a, a three-day weekend instead of usually coming back on a sunday or on that Saturday, they're going to have to come back a day early for this one. Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about it, that's the regular season finale for Florida State, and they haven't made a bowl game the last two years. And we're thinking this program could respond, get back into the postseason in 2022. And depending on what happens as the season goes on, that Florida game could be the, the game that Florida State has to win to make a bowl, or it could be a game they have to win to get to a better bowl. Um, in the postseason. So considering 
the kind of success they have on the field in 2022, I would expect that one to be pretty packed because it might have some implications. Yeah, it might. And you got to hope that it's not implications of a bowl game on Florida State's side, kind of like how it was this last season to where both teams were fighting for bowl appearances. And you don't really want to have that happen again. I know, Mangenervel, we're going to have a long discussion about this throughout the next couple of months, throughout the offseason. But this is a major, major, major season for Nick Saban. No, Nick Saban, not Nick Saban. Uh, Mike Norvell, oh my God. Well, those two aren't really the same. I'll be honest with you, so I feel bad. What just happened? Mike, Mike, a whole, whole, well, well, maybe a big season for uh, Nick Saban. Spent 30 minutes dude. talking about Nick Saban. That's as much as I, it's been stuck in my brain all day long with between articles and tweets and talking about him the last 45 minutes is probably eating up my brain. But yeah, big time season for Mike Norvell to hopefully, you know, get, get above a ball game. And that's something that is, is highly expected going into uh, this season. So we'll have a lot more discussion about that the next uh, couple of months. Uh, let's go into a few things here regarding uh, NIL and collectives before we talk about Chris Parson and elite 11, Rodney Hill, Kevin Knowles, Amari Gaynor, Tatum Bethune, Trashawn Ward, Kalen Deloach have all announced their partnership with the rising spear collective. We had on one of one of their head execs, Matthew Quigley, on the show. If you guys want to go back and listen to that episode a couple of weeks ago, last month, really, uh, really dove deep into the Rising Spear and what it means to be an ambassador. We specifically asked him what it means to be an ambassador for player. A lot of this uh, goes into you know arriving for events, being there, um, doing signee, sign in, signings, and then also doing a lot of you know charity work too um, comes along with this. But I think it's still a little bit of a work in progress. But um, these players have just uh, partnered with Rising Spear. Dustin, you were in attendance for the Elite 11 Regional and up there in Nashville. First of all, how was that drive? Um, was it worth it? overall yeah i had a good time you know it was, it was about a eight hour drive each Oof. way and i was solo dolo so i just popped on spotify listened to people i would never think i'd be listening to and somehow made it alabama one of my least favorite places to drive ever then i got to nashville and on the last day people were running red lights in front of me and, and almost killing me but regardless made it home safely except for a lot of sunburn on the forehead. And, and it was a productive weekend watching Chris Parson compete out there. He, he didn't get the invite on Sunday, but there's still a chance he gets invited to the event. I know the committee was saying they're going to continue to evaluate film because this was the most stacked regional competition that they've had to this point. And I think two, maybe three more guys who competed this past weekend could all end up getting invited to the finals by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. How was, uh, how was that overall? You know, I, you got to go visit Chris Parson and also the high school where he's playing, but kind of how was his mentality going into it and overall performance and what you thought compared to a lot of really, like you were talking about and one of your pieces, a lot of good stacked competition that was in attendance for this one. Yeah, well, Parson has really been preparing for this event since since the offseason started. You know, he's been tripping back and forth. We've talked about it a couple of times on previous episodes, but going back and forth between 
Dallas and Atlanta to work with two different quarterback trainers, worked with some NFL players in the process. And then at the same same time, he's back home in Tennessee at Ravenwood, going through spring football with his team, participating in track and, and doing more private workouts there. So he put in a lot of work leading up uh, to this event. And he had a great day on Sunday, just really some bad luck, you know, because before things got started, they were going through athletic testing. Um, so before they were throwing, they were doing things like the 40, the shuttle, vertical, things of that nature. And of course, very first thing that you have to do is run the 40 and you get two reps on Parsons first rep. He tweaked one of his hamstrings and still came up with a four seven, but he had to scratch the rest of his athletic testing after that. He was, he was getting bothered a little bit by it throughout the day. You could see it. So that was, that was just something that it didn't help uh, on the day. Yeah, no, that definitely does stink. You definitely don't want that happening, but it looked like at least from some of the film that you were posting throughout the entire day, because that was a long day out there. Um, it was hot. Yeah, I was about to say, your forehead definitely was burning. It's not as bad as it was, but yeah. Which was worse, Kenny Shaw's camp or this one? I would say Kenny Shaw's camp because I hadn't learned the art of applying sunscreen at that point, and me and you were both just really, really stupid for some reason. We were like, yeah, one one coat of sunscreen will work for nine hours. And I mean, man, on Sunday, I put on three coats of sunscreen in about five hours and my face still got melted. So <laughs> what am I doing, man? You need to go outside more. I keep on telling this. You've got to start going outside. Look more. what happens when I go outside. Turn into a marshmallow. <laughs> well, a red marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> not a not a really white one. It's I definitely got dropped red. in the fire. <laughs> yeah, you did. But no, how, how do you think he looked against some of those top competition? Um because like you said, he didn't get the elite 11 finals and bite, you know, that still could change. You know, there's still some available spot spots, slots there for him, but you know, how, how was his performance against the top dogs uh, specifically? Yeah. I don't know if you want to pull up any of the clips that I have on my Twitter, but just watching him throughout the day, he had a, he had a very consistent day. They probably went through about eight or nine different drills and, there was only one where he seemed to struggle, and that was a drill where you had to basically snap it from from under center, kind of simulated, and then roll out of the pocket while acting like you were faking um, a blitzer. So really, it was a lot of footwork, and you know, with the hamstring, it seemed like that one was kind of nagging on him a little bit. So his rollout, his his throws were a little high. I think he missed two or three on that one. So that was his worst drill of the day. But other than that, I mean showed off I, what I would say is tremendous arm strength, very good accuracy. You can see on some of the deep balls, I mean, man, just right over the shoulder into the receiver's outstretched arms, hit him in stride and his footwork as well. I mean, I think that's something that people have kind of, I think, yeah, this is, this was the, uh, what they call it's the pro day. A, this is filmed with a toaster oven. It just looks this is my 4K iPhone, so it's it's just the stream quality. But this was the the pro day accuracy drill. Basically, they had to they had to throw 25 balls and and like hit hit different spots. The coaches were like checking off as they went. Parson actually tied for first among the rising seniors in that drill on the day. Um, I think there were two or three other seniors that they all hit 20 
out of the 25. So that was one of his best drills. But yeah, going back to his footwork, I mean, his footwork was exceptional. There was um, a drill where they had to do uh, a lot of footwork back and forth and then make a pass in the end zone. And basically it was whoever got through it the fastest um, with their footwork would move on. They kind of made it like a little competition. And Chris, Mar Chris Parson, that's it right there. Parson made it to the very end of that drill. So he was among the top guys there. Like I said about his deep ball, hit some really great deep balls. I think you want to, I didn't get to see him as much, you know, short throws and, and intermediate, but very good accuracy. Here's the deep ball. Can't even. Nice. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter. I'll be honest with you. Twitter sucks. Twitter sucks. Because on yeah, your phone, you can Twitter. see this. It's annoying. But regardless, I mean, just watching him, I was I was pretty impressed with his consistency throughout the day. I personally had him um, among my top four quarterbacks that I watched on the day. The very best guy I saw didn't get invited. His name is Malachi Singleton. He's committed to Arkansas. Faking a blitzer. I don't, <laughs> he I don't said know faking a blitzer. <laughs> Earlier you were saying faking a blitzer. Is that funny? I thought I thought and I did think about it in my head, and I thought it was funny at the time that you said but, that. So um, faking the blitz. Singleton was the best guy I saw on the day. Most consistent drill to drill, and I, I mean hit just about every throw. Avery Johnson, another guy who was a four-star, uncommitted out of Kansas, who Florida State actually pursued um last year he he had a pretty solid day and then we all knew the the five star out of california nico i am a lever however you say his damn name the the number six overall player who's committed to tennessee received reportedly um an eight million dollar nil deal to to go there those were the top four guys oh. i saw and you know it, it didn't work out for parson on the day but like i said there's still a chance he gets that invitation. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Parson and Singleton both were invited to the finals, which is going to be in, in late June, early July. I don't know the dates yet, but that means that invite should be coming out relatively soon. And on the day, maybe maybe you can call me biased, but I would have taken Parson over the five-star Ian Oliva just because he made some good throws, but he also had some ducks. And then the kid was struggling with the heat as well. Um, he was he was throwing up and had to miss 15, 20 minutes to go get rehydrated before coming back out there. So you could tell that that Tennessee heat is getting to him. He's going to need to prepare before he makes that move to the SEC. True. Yeah, no, I'm interested to see if he does, if Parson does end up getting the invite because from watching a lot of the film there and compared to other players surrounding him, you can see just – training that he's done has put him into mm -hmm. a really good spot and it shows with his footwork like you were saying but just the way that he his technique is really smooth and it's gotten a lot better too and he's going to continue to do that throughout the rest of his summer uh, camps and the training sessions that he's doing now I feel like across the whole country going from what Dallas you're going over uh, to the northeast and you're going in, going to this camp now with the elite 11 regionals and, and competing there in nashville so he's he's working a lot and he's working with a lot of talented trainers along with other uh, significant players too that, that are in the league playing right now and that fit around his play style too which i think is really smart to put himself in that kind of camp if he's going to do some kind of training with for these sure guys. And, and i mean it, it was noticed by 
those in attendance, you know, I was, I was getting some water at one point while I was melting and I was talking to one of the coaches that was there and I asked him what he thought about Parson. And, you know, he, he gushed about Chris for a good minute and he was like, CP is, is different, man. And after the event, actually, I was, I was talking with Chris after we found out he didn't receive the invitation and Avery Johnson walked over and dapped Chris Parson up and told him, you outcompeted every single person here that got an invitation today, including me. And so basically, I know this is only going to fuel your motivation going forward. And then a couple hours later, Parson posted on his his Instagram a DM he got from Nico, the the five star who was invited. And he said, you got robbed today, bro. Mm. So clearly the competitors in attendance recognized Parson's talents and they thought they felt kind of the same way he did. He, he was disappointed. He didn't receive that invitation. And, you know, he has every right to be after all the work he's put in. And he's just going to focus on getting that hamstring right. And hopefully he gets an invite out to L.A. And if not, he'll keep working for that senior season, which gets underway in August. When is he expected to come back and, and visit? I know it's not like he's been here a lot, which he <laughs> most certainly has. But did he tell you? Um, maybe who, you know, just the latest with him in Florida State. Do you ever catch up on that kind of stuff in regard to that? Yeah, not an exact date. Um, he's been exploring coming back this summer, whether it's for an unofficial trip again or if he goes ahead and takes his official visit this summer. Those are two things that, that he's considering. So I do think we'll see him back in Tallahassee at least once um, before August, if not multiple times. It wouldn't surprise me. And then he's definitely going to be – coming down for at least one game during the season, but he's also got a big senior year of his own that he needs to take care of at Ravenwood. Gotcha. On to uh, one. Last NF- thing, last thing. Oh, go ahead. Go it's ahead. Just real, last thing. It popped in my head, but saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, Oh, Chris Parson is five, six or, He's five eight because they were seeing some of the the pictures out well, there. Well, the Discord too. The Discord, but yeah. his official measurement, measured in by the Elite Eleven, officially, he was six foot and a half, um, one hundred and ninety eight pounds, and that was actually two inches taller than he measured in last year. So you know, with that being the case, hopefully there's a chance he bumps up another inch or two over the next year or so and you know gets to around six two or so because i mean that is that is something that people kind of knock on him he's a little bit shorter than what you would say quote unquote your prototypical quarterback is but at the same time he he has a skill set um as a dual threat and and as a passer especially deep downfield to be a playmaker at the college level and we've seen now it's proven that shorter qbs can be just as successful as the six foot five guys and I don't think it's something to to worry about at this point. And you look at his weight, he's already around 10 pounds less than, than where Jordan Travis is right now, and he's still only 17 years old. Yep. Uh, Kyler Murray is 5'10", Russell Wilson 5'11", Baker Mayfield 6'1", um, and I believe Jalen Hurts is around 6'1", six, 6'0". Six so a lot of guys that play and start in the NFL – with that kind of height, mm-hmm. if he were to actually put on another inch or so too. So uh, I'll be interested to watch if he, if he puts on a little bit of uh, height, we'll see, but nonetheless, very talented for what his size brings him right now. So uh, just a little quick hitter too. 
Stanford Samuels has signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. He goes over there and joins what I believe is the Marcus Joyner, if he's still there. Joyner's with the Jets. Completely wrong. We didn't get to see a lot of Joyner last year, did we? He was because hurt. he was hurt. Yeah. So I missed that. Um, so major L there for me. And then Demarcus Walker is going over to the Titans. He previously was with the Houston Texans, and then he was drafted initially from the Denver Broncos. Tough, tough kind of competition there that he had to deal with. And Denver spent a little bit of time, like I just said, with Houston, but now gets a really good chance with the Titans, which Walker had a pretty decent year last year and, and fit really well with the Texans. I'm interested to see uh, how much PT he'll get with the Titans, but a big-time powerhouse in the AFC, Walker's going to get a chance uh, to uh, join a really good squad there in Tennessee. So Stanford Samuel over over to the uh, Raiders, and then we got Walker going to the AFC with the Titans. It's Anything? on the hold, baby. It's lit, baby. Dalvin, Dalvin changes number. He looks good in that four, VZ. Have you got the jersey ordered? What are good we to, doing? Good to see him back. Now I'm away a little bit. Oh my god! Oh wait, and he's playing wide receiver. Yeah, now Dalvin Cook is is playing wide I, I receiver. I love the I love the freak out over that. That was, that was funny to see. I knew <laughs> it was coming as soon as I saw the team. Like, oh, this is going to be hysterical. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's what happens when you have a new offensive coordinator. He's going to find ways to put the ball in one of your best players' hands. And you know the Vikings have three amazing skill players and Dalvin, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. He's you know Kevin O'Connell is going to find a way to get those guys the ball. And you know we saw it in that Michigan game. You know, in the Orange Bowl for Dalvin Cook, he can be a receiver. And in the Ole Miss game, too, he's he's perfectly capable of being a receiver. Uh, I want to go ahead and comment on this, too, and I was going to bring it up either way. Um, if you guys aren't in our Discord, I highly suggest you do that because we dropped a little bit of a significant nugget regarding 2021 wide receiver signee Destin Hill. As we know, didn't get to see him play this last season um, just to – due to a few things just back at home and, and didn't allow for him to be on campus and be under the program with Mike Norvell. Um, got some word, some, some optimistic um, latest happening this week. Uh, just some extra confidence that I got that Destin Hill will be arriving this summer. Um, is expected to also be included into the summer workouts. Uh, Florida State's summer C semester begins on July 20th. I'm expecting somewhere around that range for Destin to to be on campus at Florida State. I know a lot of this has been speculated everywhere, and I think a lot of people aren't going to be, along with me, I will not say that he is going to be there. There's a lot of expectations on a lot of sides, but from FSU side, from what I've heard, they are, are expecting a Destin Hill arrival uh, this summer, which is a big time, you know, a lot of people too wondering about, you know, is he in shape? What, you know, what are you, what, are you, what kind of hill are you going to get? Because the hill that you saw before on highlight tapes is something extremely, <laughs> extremely special. You're going to get that same type of player. From what I was told, he's been uh, doing a lot of individual work too, as much as he can, uh, keeping up in shape with his body. But most certainly to be able to get him in, and if this were to happen, to get him in to the summer for workouts would be a big time for FSU. And there's probably an emphasis to why and a reason why Florida State maybe isn't going after another wide receiver in the transfer room right now. Believe it when I see it. I'm the same way. I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. There's a lot, there's a lot of other things that 
I wish I, uh, you know, things that we, we wish we could share, but you know, there's things that need to stay under the radar just for different circumstances. But um, just off of the rough details that I can give, I do feel uh, a little bit more confident about having a Hill arrival here soon and to Tallahassee and Florida State's campus, which would be definitely, I mean, I might, we might see Tallahassee just go crazy. I don't know. I don't know what Twitter will do or the discord. We have no idea, but uh, we might have to do like an instant reaction live video to that, to someone catching him on campus in a picture or once they check that student directory and that's on there, then I'm sure. I'm sure someone will do an instant reaction to that. And it'll probably be me, sadly. Well, I already checked and, and he's not on there. So like also, oh. said, uh, I'll believe it when, when I see it, but can you imagine if Destin Hill did finally show up after about two years and then he comes in and, you know, he, he's an offensive tackle now. <laughs> an <laughs> offensive tackle. Yeah. That would be just great. Can you imagine great. the disappointment? Maybe, maybe a little bit different than uh, the individual work there that I didn't know you'd be eating that much, Destin. It just feels like the hopes and dreams that, that were on Travis shoulders, Travis Hunter's shoulders have now been shifted onto Destin Hill. And if he doesn't show up and play like a unicorn, you know, fans are going to have a problem. <laughs> I, I think people just want a resolution at this point. Like, they just want to see him. Like, is he, is he real? Yeah. yeah. Like, is it just, is it just a name that's been published for, for views by FSU media sites, or does this kid actually exist? I bet if you go back, however long longer we started live podcasts, there's there's a Destin Hill comment under every single one mm-hmm. on YouTube. I can almost guarantee that. Usually, you're not wrong about that. You are not wrong. Usually, there is a Destin Hill comment. So just resolution one way or another. Come, don't come. I don't care. Just something. Yeah. No, no, I'm right. I'm right there. I'm right there with you guys. But from what I was told uh, earlier on this week, definitely on Monday from when a few things happen, FSU side feels uh, really good about having Destin Hill on campus this summer. So we will see. We, we play the waiting game. I promise I will not be the Frico that sits outside the moor when June starts. I will not be doing that. Um, I hate to. I will. No, you will not. <laughs> I got to anyway. They're having some. They're having some camps. So. Well, if they're doing you recruiting official, camps, you got official there. visits coming up. So maybe no. I'll get lucky. No, we're not going to send an AC unit over there to you. By the way, you're going to sit in that corner and sweat. Can I get one block of of uh, sunscreen? No. <laughs> you can you can get, you can get one bottle of lukewarm water. That's what I you need, get. I need about SPF one thousand at this point. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, you're gonna. You're, if you're staying out there to look for Dustin Hill, you're gonna be. You thought you were burnt now, you but you're gonna be burnt. <laughs> you might as well get a towel, a lawn chair, and you just sit there and tan while you can. Use a lot. We're gonna have to give you a whole case, Costco case of sunscreen, bud. Yikesy, yikesies. All right, uh, let's move on here to some basketball to wrap things up so then Dustin can get to his Celtics, who have started off the series in the playoffs 0-1. Just thought I'd throw that out there. John Butler, maybe not having a great NBA combine. He just recently signed with Rock Nation, an NBA-certified agency. But as we know, entered to the NBA draft. But was it too early? Is this too early for, for Butler? Austin, give us the latest. I mean, it depends if he wants to come back or not, um, which as of now, the expectation is he doesn't want to come back. Um, but he's just, he hasn't looked great 
so far. I mean, granted, it's only been, you know, two days. Um, but he measured in at, you know, a hair under seven foot one and 174 pounds, which is as absurd as it sounds. Um, I think he was listed on FSU's roster at 190 pounds, um, which, I mean, you know, college teams are always going to, you know, fib and lie a little bit. Um, but for him to weigh in at 174 pounds at that size was insane. I think he was the fourth lightest player to measure in so far at the combine. Um, his athletic testing hasn't been that great. You know, his max vertical only came in at 28 and a half inches, the third worst so far. Um, you know, he had a good shuttle time, but other than that, it hasn't been that great. But the thing with him is his potential. And that's what teams are going to be intrigued in. You know, in his scrimmage game today, he was only attempted six shots, but five of them were from three, and he hit two of them. He had, was it two blocks and three steals or the other way around? Two steals, three blocks. So you have a guy that can, you know, be a defensive demon, you know, hit 35, 40% of his threes. That's what teams want to see. But 174 pounds is wild. Just wild for someone that's, you know, supposed to play three through five in the NBA. Just, I don't know. I really don't know. And to, to Logan's comment about him signing with Rock Nation, even though he is still signed with an agent because he signed with a NBA certified agent, he could still, you know, withdraw from the draft if he chose to do so. Um, but we still got, I think, four more days of NBA Combine. So plenty more scrimmages to come. He's got to go through all these shooting tests, which I think that's where he's going to make his money is in these standing shooting drills and the, and the non-stationary drills. Because if he, if he hits 55, 60% of his stationary threes, teams are going to go, oh, wow, this, this is something we can, you know, buy into as an early second round prospect. Yeah, I mean, just you know, you you look at the the physical aspect with him being so light and him probably being expected. You you said at three through five, but really, I think he slots in probably as a, a four at the next level. Someone yeah. who can help you as a as a stretch big. But and correct me if I'm wrong. It, it just seems like people are getting really enthralled with, with the idea of these big guys who can handle the ball a little bit, play defense, shoot the ball, have a little bit of athleticism. It seems like the same thing has kind of happened here with John Butler, and he's not in that range yet to be selected in the second round. He very well could be after um, things are all said and done at the NBA Combine. But it seems like maybe he's getting some bad advice, um, taking the leap this early. What do you think about it? I mean, you also have to look at the way the NBA is playing right now. I mean, look at three of the four teams that are, you know, in the conference finals. Dallas doesn't play with the true big. You know, their best lineups with Dwight with or with Maxi Kleba at the five, who's this, you know, guy that can guard one through five, hit 40% of his threes. You look at the Warriors, their best lineups are with Draymond at the five. You look at Miami, their best lineups are with Bam Adebayo at the five, who's, yeah, is more of a little bit of a true five, but he still has, you know, great ball skills for someone at his size. You know, these modern bigs or these, sorry, not these modern bigs, but these more traditional bigs like Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Aid have been played off the floor. And I think the NBA is going that direction where you you want small ball, but you also want a guy that can hold his own down low, you know, be versatile, block shots. And I think that's what teams are seeing in John Butler. I just, he, he's like, he's like two years away from realizing that. You know, there, there was that whole, joke with who was it bruno caboclo yeah that's who when he got drafted, he was two years away from two years away i think john Butler's is going to get a lot of those same comparisons because he's just he's so raw right now just 
so far away from being, you know, I'm even a Maxi Kleba in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Butler. I think we all do, but he's just really far away from it. Yeah, so he should have stayed another year. Legitimate time in a NBA strength and conditioning program for at least at least two years to to put on the necessary size and, and doing it the right way um, um, as well. You know, because to this point, I I saw a tweet earlier. I don't know if it's accurate, but apparently, if John Butler was to make the NBA, he would be um, the second lightest player in the entire league. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, being that's crazy with this height and having to, you know, bang bang down low, and I mean, even even defend on the outside against some of these seven footers who aren't aren't 174 pounds. You know, they're 240, 250, 260, 270. I mean, imagine them trying to go up against Giannis in the paint. Bye. Imagine trying Bye. to go against, talk to you no, later. Imagine trying to go against Embiid or Jokic. I mean, I guys would, that really know how to use their weight. Yeah, even even uh, a guy, not even big, a guy like Luca who has bullied everybody, even DeAndre Ayton. I mean, just good luck. Well, he's even getting bullied by Kofi Coburn right now in those uh, um, draft combine scrimmages. I saw a tweet earlier that said Coburn basically ran Butler right over on one of the plays, and Butler had to leave for a little bit because the, the fun thing is they're on the same team for these scrimmages. So <laughs> that is funny. Then I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because because Co- Coburn had he had thirteen rebounds in the same game that Butler had three on the same team, and Coburn played. I guess he wanted the rebound really bad, took him out. Yeah, Co- Coburn played I think nine minutes, and Butler played like fifteen. Um, I will say Butler's shot looks a lot better. Um, you know, someone posted a video of his pro pro day workout with Rock Nation. Shot looks good. It's a little bit smoother, a little bit quicker. Um, but he's gotta add weight. Got to wait. Got to add consistency too, because you can't go two for six in these scrimmages and expect to impress scouts. Got to get him whatever, uh, whatever they put on Farmer, Coach Storms. Put him with Coach Storms for a little bit and put him on the Farmer plan. Oh, Farmer. They need to put him on the Chris Kamaji plan because Kamaji was that same way for a while. I mean, obviously he wasn't you know 170 pounds, but he was what 190 when he showed up on campus, I think. And by the time he left, he was by the time he left, he was 260. Damn. Oh, maybe they, they had plans and he just left too early. Yeah. I mean, again, he could still come back. It's all pie in the sky, but we'll see. I just feel like it's trending towards him not coming back. But No, I agree. I totally agree. Gut feeling. I'll have to keep an eye out for this. I don't you know. know. I think, it's I think, definitely feel it's just early, early. But I think everybody's praying he comes back because that seems solid if he comes back. Yeah, you, know, you, you have a lot of versatile guys down – down low that can you know switch play multiple positions guard multiple positions you know beat you in multiple ways it, it, it'd be intriguing if he came back on next year's team it really would be definitely would help for sure uh but we don't remember last year's team at all i don't remember last season so that's what i'm talking about next year yeah that's right uh anything else gentlemen anything else that we need to be keep an eye out for it is the dead time period i guess we're you know the the excitement now is just more college football drama really um you know we got the game times announced for lsu uf it's kind of a slow next couple of weeks i would say until maybe some some visitors start some some big visitors start lining up for florida state i know that there's some some talks and some buzz about a few transfers, but until anything gets closer, 
Nothing, nothing much event wise is coming up. Just playoffs. Just NBA, NBA playoffs. That's all that matters. Yeah, NHL playoffs are on. No, um, not that. No, really, no, no. really good, really good uh, playoffs right now. Stanley Cup. Who cares? It's been good stuff. Um, we're, we're, in, we're in the that. NBA conference finals. That's all, that's all I care oh, about. Oh, that's what you're talking about. I'll tell you all talking about. Oh, so you got you got, you got uh, a Boston yeah. fan down low who is you know looking at the clock every thirty seconds, making sure we don't run too close to the to the tip off time. It's unbelievable. I'm a, I'm a Dallas fan. Logan's is technically a Golden State fan though he doesn't care. Well, I already know that we're going to the finals, so I don't really have yeah, to watch it. So, but I will bet on them though. I will bet on them. That is the fun part about all this. It is a good time if you're a betting person. This is really entertaining time to to be a better. So, if any betting sites out there whatever want to hit us up let us know even though it's not uh legal here in florida so i don't know how i'm betting but maybe i'm maybe I'm, well well uh well, i don't know how i'm betting either you know i just made that up the last last couple statements i i i don't bet i made that all up sorry but yeah it, it's it is a little slow for florida state football right now but i expect things to start picking up again early june because they're going to start having some some camps on campus obviously they're going to have an, a an elite camp on june 4th invitation only with some of their top prospects in the 23 and 24 class then they're going to have various camps throughout the month another mega camp so there's going to be thousands of recruits and different college coaches here helping with that and they've got some individual camps that'll focus on different positions some stuff in June. Um, and then also official visits are going to begin for um, not only transfers that they'd like to bring in before 2022, but also players in the 23 class. Looks like Florida State is setting up that June 24 to 26 weekend to be the biggest um, this summer. But they're also going to have some guys in the weeks leading up to that as well. And, and it'll vary. We've been confirming some of them in our Discord, and that's just going to continue now for – the next month or so well everybody i definitely appreciate we cover quite a bit on this i mean definitely if you're able to include destin hill in here then you definitely made the views count so i uh, appreciate everybody for hopping on here uh, as always you can listen to podcasts on itunes google play spotify uh, if you're on one of those platforms feel free to hit the subscribe button so then you're able to be notified every time we release a new episode deeply deeply Appreciate you guys hanging in there with us during this offseason. I know that we keep on teasing that we're trying to grab guests. I promise we are trying. I think a lot of us are trying different kinds of things here. Um, it's not that we're, we're getting really shot down. We're trying to figure out schedules for everybody because a lot of things are all over the place, and we're going to be in Tampa quite a bit. Um, next month is going to be a busy one. So we're trying to, trying to figure everything out, and it's really all about schedules with the guests and trying to accommodate them. Um, for their best time too so we're figuring some things out but luckily we had a lot of storylines to hop on and have a pretty good pod this evening so appreciate everybody listening everyone enjoy the weekend we will talk to you guys next week on thursday at eastern time hopefully we'll see you guys then dustin's shaking his head he doesn't know yeah because you're you're your stream is breaking up, buddy. You sound like a robot yeah. over there. Do I really sound like a robot? Your computer's trying to get out of this podcast. Ace up. <laughs> wow. Oh, I see it. My my internet is struggling. Everybody, enjoy the weekend. Bye. <laughs>